Hello friends and welcome to Monday's Kings of Anglia podcast. Welcome to, to November, the long nights drawing in, darkness all around us. But today, friends, yes, town did lose at the weekend. But I'm going to try and stay positive for most of today's pod because let's not forget it was the league leaders and we'll get to breaking that down in due course. I am Mark Heath and one of the main reasons to remain positive today, friends, is because we have returning from a great week away in Scotland, the doctor... Stuart Watson, friend, how are you? How is your break? Tell us all about it now. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, had a very nice holiday up in Scotland. Nice to uh, switch off from social media and work and uh, back refreshed, ready to go again. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. Thank you. What was the highlights to you? Because Scotland, as we've, we've discussed many times in this pod, is one of our personal favourite locations. What was the best thing that you did? Uh, the highlight undoubtedly was uh, we went up into the Cairngorms and uh, we trekked out to feed, hand feed wild reindeer. Which, wow. Um, our five-year-old daughter was uh, found very magical. So, um, yeah, lovely memories. Christmassy themed as well. Not too long now, of course, before the old uh, St. Nick comes down the chimney. So did you tell her it was Christmas related? Uh, we told her that some of Father Christmas's reindeers were, were there on their holidays excellent um, which obviously they were so yeah superb big 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 game coming up for those boys uh, hopefully you, you stocked them up well on carbs and protein supplements um someone who's a big fan of carbs and protein supplements i'm assuming hutchie hutch hogan hutchzilla david hutchelhoff adolf hutchler michael hutchins uh, i think that's it scandy warren andy how are you <laughs> I've never had a protein supplement in my life. Um, You've had a I don't steak? Think... Is that a supplement? Well, probably not. That's a, that's a main. Yeah. That's reindeer, a prote- by the way. Reindeer, by the way. Very high in protein. That's good for you. Um, obviously, don't speak to Aya about eating Rudolph and, and Donna and Blitzen, Stewie. But yeah, right. if you get the chance, reindeer, good for you, mate. Did you not spear one and just take it, <laughs> take it, back, take it back to your, your Airbnb with you? Lob it over the shoulder. I think that might have been frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, how are you? I'm all right, yeah. Very well. Glad Excellent. to have Stu, Stu back. I missed him. It's good, isn't it, to have all, all four of us together. Mike is uh, is currently off, um, so we haven't got all five, but all four together today is fantastic. Rossi, you are the fourth wheel on the KOA bus. You've just spent a weekend away in Plymouth. Tell us all about it, because you obviously were there Friday night in our luxurious hotel with, with Hutchie and Brenner and Warren the Moan page, our photographer. I'm sure that was that was big things, bringing the sexy to Plymouth. Uh, and then you stayed over for the ladies yesterday who absolutely murdered another side. And um, we'll come to that in due course. How was your weekend? It was very nice. Very nice. Um, minus the, the defeat on Saturday. But um, I was in the same hotel, back-to-back nights, thankfully. Nice. So, same room, kept the room. Um, it was very nice. Um I'm going to be a bit childish here, but I went oh. to the Ho, the Plymouth Ho, um, and also there's a Ho Street and a Ho Approach. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. It's the big takeaway of Ross's weekend. <laughs> Ross went to Plymouth and he comes back and he's, he's excited because there was a Ho Street. Ex- excellent. Um, boys, obviously, as I, as I mentioned at the top of this pod, Ipswich Town went to the league leaders in a good run of form. They unfortunately lost to the league leaders 2-1 at Plymouth. Um, and I think there's a danger often on these shows, uh, and certainly uh, as a football fan, that you're a bit up and down, a bit like you might see on the old the old sea around Plymouth back in the day, um, the Armada and all that. Um, 
Uh, I want to try and remain positive today because let's not forget that Town were and are in a good run of form still. They have just lost to the league leaders, but they did push them all away uh, and, and some would argue deserved at least a point from that game. So I'm going to try and remain positive ahead of the, the trip to third place Wickham tomorrow night. Hutchie, you were there with Roscoe. What are your thoughts? Am I right to remain positive after that game? Um, I've never known. I've, I don't think I've ever known a post-match interview with a manager to kind of nail the the game quite as perfectly as Paul Cookoff did after this one. He acknowledged that his side had some good moments. He acknowledged that his side took the lead and um, and that was a, a great point for them in the game. And then he acknowledged that they, they conceded two silly goals at two rubbish times and then missed the chances to get the draw they probably deserved. And um, mm. I think if you want a, an accurate summary of the game, this isn't always the case. And with previous managers here, it certainly was not the case. Um, but just just read how just read what Paul Cook had to say or listen to his interview after the game because he he absolutely nailed how how that match went. We'd be coming away from a two two draw, thinking about it really quite really quite positively, um, and they did enough to get that. They just didn't put the final touch um, to put the ball in the net. Um, obviously, some worries um, repeated repeated theme of conceding silly goals at silly times. That's not that's not gone away. Um, but had the the goal scoring form that they've been in all season continued in this game, they'd have come away with something from a really good game at, at the league leaders. So I think, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? You 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 kind of we're with Ipswich Town. You, you expect that you have to feel kind of like the world is caving in after every defeat because there's been so many of them over so many years. But in the cold light of day, I don't think there's any drama here. That's uh, hmm. that, that's my thoughts on it all. No drama here. Excellent title for the podcast, perhaps, actually, when you upload it later on. Um, let's rewind all the way back to 2pm. Make a little note of that. <laughs> let's rewind all the way back to 2pm Saturday. You, you'd spoke to, to Cook on Friday morning, Hutchie, and we, we talked about injury issues, um, which meant there were going to be some changes. Obviously, he didn't tell us who was injured and what that might be. When I saw the team at 2pm, I was kind of like, what? what? What team is that? Who's playing where? Um, is it four two three one? It must be, but that means hold on. Coulson's on, is Coulson on the wing? Where's he playing? And uh, Wolfen did it right back. What, what's going on here? Um, Stewie, obviously you weren't in touch at that point, but you've since caught up. What did you make of of the team? We know that they lost Donation and Burns on the morning of the game, which is a big blow. Clearly, their their right side gone there, uh, and Aluko was out injured already. Um, but bringing Wolfie in to play right back and then sticking Coulson ahead of him on the wing was that? A surprise to, to, for you to see? Yeah, I've only seen it sort of subsequently after the game. So I didn't, obviously, I, from what I gather, Paul Cook was his usual um, guarded self in terms of there's some injuries, but we don't know who they We wouldn't say who they were. So I didn't have that sort of 2pm <laughs> feeling of what's going on here. But obviously, with the benefit of hindsight, there were players not available. Mm. <sighs> Was Kane Vincent Young part of the initial travelling party if Danassian's injury was quite Andy shaking his head? So if if Danassian's illness was on the morning of the game, maybe it might have been Kane Vincent Young if they'd have known that a little bit earlier, like for like, possibly. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think they were they were big misses, those players, in context of it being a, a tricky fixture and the fact that they were all sort of concentrated down that right-hand side, which is, has been a strength through switch. So there is that caveat in terms of um, this defeat as well. No doubt about it. Hmm. What did you make of the side, Rossi? Would, would you, I mean, on the 
bringing Coulson in, who's not really played for a while, obviously been out injured, and then sticking him on the right wing, essentially. Um, I guess that's the one that had a lot of people scratching their head when you think of all the places they've got options, that would be a place they could bring pretty much anyone in. What did you make of it? Uh, yeah, I had to double check. Um, of course, Hutchie came down and, and said, yeah, we're... He told me, yeah, can you guess? Can you guess? I didn't I didn't see the lineup. I don't normally check until they read out or get the team sheet. And when he told me, I was like, I'm trying to guess. I, like, I don't know. I, was, I, was, I said a Luco, and, he's, and then I found out he was injured anyway. Mm. Um, but then I, I hear that Paul Cook likes a, you know, a, a right winger to have both feet mm. um, and wrong-footed. Um, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going. I'm going a different <laughs> hole always, good, always good to have two feet. As a yeah, footballer yeah. and generally in yeah. life, absolutely. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, you got... I know Caden Jackson, Lou Barron, they haven't played many for what but they could play on the right. Definitely Caden mm. Jackson. Um, I know he's not you know, a big favourite of Paul Cooks and I think some fans are not a big fan of him either. But, um, you, you know, he's got the pace there and I think that's sometimes handy for a winger to have pace. But <laughs> I, thought, I thought Colson did a good job. But um, yeah, he's been unfit. He's been injured. So to chuck him into this big game against Plymouth, against top of the league, um, I thought he did a right though. But a left wing, left wing back, a right back, I don't know. Mm. He has played there before. I remember doing yeah. the profile piece on Hayden Colson when when he signed, and he's played everywhere. I mean, he was playing. Neil Warnock tried him as a number ten towards the back end of last season. Um, in some of those early loan spells in his career, I think he went to Cambridge and he was up in Scotland. I think he played on the right wing quite a bit there. He's played further forward. It's only sort of in more recent times that he's become this kind of proper out-and-out left-back. So he has played there before, maybe tactically thought that it was going to provide a bit more defensive cover against a team that were flying and still are flying. Hmm. Um what was the other option? You go with Selena, who's maybe feeling on a bit of a high after scoring his, his late winner. Chaplin, as we've discussed, has made that number 10 position his own. So Selena on the left and, and Shift Edwards across to the right, which I think ultimately is, is how they finish the game, Andy. Is that that's how they finish the that's how they finish the game? Um I I I do think his hands were tied on this one. Um Kane Vincent Young wasn't there. You if this was a a game away at Charlton, for example, you'd get you probably would get Kane Vincent Young down there. You can't do that in Plymouth. It's just it just doesn't it just it just can't happen. You can't bust players in at that late notice to 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 cover like the whole right side of the team being missing. He knew about Aluko on early. He didn't mm. he don't think he travelled. So I imagine the plan would be Burns and, and General Dinassian on that on that right side and to lose them both on the, the morning of the game. I think they traveled back together. Like as the match was kicking off, they were, they were in a car in a little sick mobile going, um, going back up to back up to Ipswich together to lose it that late. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that a, a three of Selena Chaplin and, and Edwards in any sort of shuffled formation was necessarily what was needed in this game. We've seen that Plymouth left side tear Paul Lambert's Ipswich to pieces before um it's a it's a really dangerous part of their of their team um and i think wolfenden needed that little bit of cover it i'm not sure i'm not sure it worked as he had hoped it would but i'm i think it's i think this is one that you just have to chalk up for for paul cook as being just a a nightmare scenario that he did what he needed to do to to limit limit the damage sadly um these things happen 
Mm. All right. Well, let's let's be positive now, then, shall we? So, given set against that background, losing two of your, your key players on the morning of the game, having to shuffle the pack and not having all the cards available to you, Town went on. They took the lead um, and gave as good as they got pretty much all game, didn't they? As you said at the start, Hutchie, if it, this had ended two two, it, it would have been a, a pretty fair result. So, give me some positives for you from from this game. What did you like about Town? If you were there, you'd have absolutely loved it. It was a proper football match. The atmosphere was brilliant. The stands were packed. Both sets of fans were in really good form. Brilliant tributes to Paul Mariner um, before the game, which looked great. Um, And I don't know, I can't remember a football match that has started at such a pace as this one. It was absolutely ridiculous, the the speed with which this game began with with Coulson Coulson and, and Bond kind of fashioned a chance between them a couple of minutes in that they... Probably between them, they should have scored. I think Coulson should have had a should have had a shot. If it was another player in that position, he would have he would have shot. But ultimately, his touch took him a bit wide. And then once there, he made the right decision to square for Bon, um, who should have scored probably. Mm. But some good defending, and then straight down the other end, and, and Plymouth should have scored with Hardy forcing a really good save from Walton. It was a brilliant game, brilliant game to watch. Um, and then Ipswich took the lead, and you, you're thinking. This is on here because they were more than in the game. They were more than a match for Plymouth. A really good goal, a brilliant ball back in from Morsi from a corner that was kept alive. Good header from Edmondson. And if they'd just got it to half time, they'd have they'd have got something from this game. Um they really would. Um but sadly sadly they didn't. How many times have we said that this season, do you think? If they'd have just got to half time. I'm sure that's been mm. said three or four times at least this season. Rossi, you were there obviously as well. Um, I'm not going to come to you too much on the actual game because he, he wasn't there. Um, give me some positives from it. What did you like about town this game? Take, um, well, taking the lead again, um, which is which is good when you're taking on top of the league at Plymouth, a, a packed home park stadium. Mm. I think, you know, that's, that's the, the great start that we wanted, really. I think just quiet them down a little bit because they were, they were buzzing, you know, the great tribute to Paul Mariner, which was great. Um, but they were really up for this game. And then we quieted them down straight away when we got our goal. Um, and I thought, okay, here we go. We're on our, on our way here. We're on our way and all that. Um, but then, yeah, the halftime was the killer punch, weren't it, when they, when they equalised. Um, but no, I was I was really impressed. George Edmondson, he's just impressed me every week. The fridge, getting another goal, another set-piece goal, which I like to see, you know, someone scoring headers. Um, but just, yeah, the overall, just the fans as well. I'll give them credit. Yeah, a long way to go. A long way to go. I know some of them are coming from maybe southwest anyway, but a long way to go on on you know on a Saturday, and you know a lot of them stay behind for the the women's game as well. But um, just yeah, the tribute was just fantastic, and everyone did their bit, holding up the green and white and the blue and white. You know, getting the nine and nine, and then the Mariner. Um, but that made a special day. But yeah, the positive was we took the lead, quite them down, and then yeah, the rest happened. Yeah, it looked great, by the way, the, the, the Mariner tribute from the pictures I've seen. Really, really good. Great. It's amazing what you can do with carrier bags. That's all yeah. that was, was bits, just bits of, <laughs> yeah. bits, of, bits of plastic. It's, um, yeah, pretty remarkable what you can do with, with that. Yeah. Um, Hutchie, let's talk. I mean, obviously, we have to talk a little bit about the negatives. Town did then concede, as they so often do before half time. The goal was a pretty poor goal to concede, wasn't it? I'm not entirely sure what Matt Penny was doing there. Sort of mm. waiting for it to come to him and then just someone just nipped in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rubbish was it. goal to concede, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, sat, sat off far too much on that one and, and didn't attack the ball until it was way too late. Um, Walton made a really good save to deny that initially, but um, but Luke Jeffcott was just there to 
to tap tap the ball in Ipswich. To be fair, the, the Ipswich defence didn't react as quickly as Jeffcoat did either to that to that situation. It's a pretty pretty rubbish pretty rubbish mm. goal to concede really. And then the task is right fine. You have to you have to accept that Plymouth were going to score in this game. They're the league leaders. They're a good team. They score goals. They haven't lost since the opening day. They were always going to score in this game. You had to feel. But then the job is to to take the sting out of them at the start of the second half. And they didn't do that either, um, conceding after five minutes of that. Um, it comes from a throw-in. You're never happy when a when a throw-in is the kind of the, the root source of a of a goal. Um, they got pulled about a little bit and a through ball allowed Grant to, to stick it in the net. And um, yeah, two goals, two rubbish pieces of timing. Um, and that make, makes things difficult. Yeah. And obviously, town go on. They do have chances late on, though, don't they, Rossi? Yeah. Um, uh, and had they taken them, uh, a draw would have been the, the kind of least they deserve, really. I think so, definitely. And like Macaulay Bond, oh, one chance he had. My boy. Drop him, drop him. He's not scored for <laughs> how long is it? Two games. Get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had one hell of a chance um, in the second half. I thought that he's, this is a go-to McCauley Bond chance, you know, poacher goal. Uh, Rakeem Harper, he, he was through, had an opportunity to score as well. I think he should have done better there, really. Um, but yeah, just not taking our chances. We had probably three or four moments in the game in, in, in the last two minutes or so, really, we could stole an equaliser. Because um, Plymouth were just playing their game. They were just happy, I think, to sit back, win, win the game 2-1. Um, and then we came to life in the final, you know, five minutes. Um, and because... I'm a bit a bit disappointed with Plymouth fans. Really, they were a bit quiet. They were two one up, and they were a bit quiet. Um, and then when we came to life, then they came to life, and it was a really good end of the game. And we just couldn't find that equaliser, which, which would have been what we deserved. Um, mm. I don't know. If, we're probably going to bring him up in a minute, but the referee, dearie me, he was not good, was he? Well, shall we talk about him? Because I was going to ask you about. I know on your on the game day video, pretty much every single fan mentioned the ref. Um, uh, you know, some suggesting it cost him at least a point. Um, Hutchie, is that a, a fair assessment? The ref didn't have his best day, did he? Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel like the, the foul count was huge in, in Ipswich's, I suppose, favour in terms of the fouls given away. I, they were quite niggly, Ipswich. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I didn't come away from it feeling like the referee cost them. I won't. I won't okay. lie. He, he was. He was a lot busier in Plymouth's favour. But I think. Um, I think Morsey in particular kind of is that kind of player. He, he's. A, he likes a little niggle, and and that that's why he's creeping towards the uh, the magic suspension mark. It's not too <laughs> far. Not too far away. I, no, I, I, there were there were some there were some slightly odd ones in there, but. I, I'll be honest. I, I didn't come away feeling that he had cost Ipswich. That I know that doesn't necessarily chime with um, with how people in the away end might might have seen it. Um, mm. But f- for me, I I didn't think he was a factor particularly. Although obviously the foul count was hugely in in Plymouth's favour. Okay, fair enough. Um, Stuart, if I can bring you in here for a general overview of of town situation. Since you've been away, they they beat Fleetwood. 2-1, and then obviously they've gone and lost at the league leaders, Plymouth, 2-1, in a game that many people would say they deserved at least a point from. Can we just reflect on how far they've come, though, it, it, since the days of losing 5-2 at home to Bolton? They've just gone to the league leaders, a side who haven't lost since the opening day, are uh, uh, bang in form, 
by any accounts, by any measurement. Um, and we're sitting here saying that town pushed them all away and, and probably should have had a point. Yeah, they're really, they're yeah, really there's, off. there's ways to lose football matches, isn't yeah. there? And I think the, the disappointing thing of the not too distant past was there was just really flat, insipid ways of losing football matches. And by all accounts, from what Andy and Ross are saying, they've gone to Plymouth with injury problems sprung on them at the last minute and they've given it a really good go. And I look at those chances, some really big chances in there. Hmm. And the big, big factor for me is I really look forward to watching Ipswich play. I can't wait to go to Wickham tomorrow night because you just you feel like there's goals in Ipswich. You feel like they can win football matches and, and they have won, won football matches. It still is five wins in nine, I think it is, um, from that Lincoln game onwards. Um, the Accrington defeat was a really tough pill to swallow because you felt like it was a really off day at the office and they didn't compete and they didn't do all of those those things. But sometimes you just get a really good football match. It's just fine margins and this one just happened to go Plymouth's way on the day. And Ipswich are going to lose mm. games along the way. Yes, they suddenly get back-to-back wins and everyone's on a massive high and we have got to just... It's really hard because the, the job of a football fan is to ride that emotional roller coaster and those within football are the ones that try and keep it on a on, on an even kill. But um I said quite a few weeks ago, I'm not sure if there if there necessarily will be a lift-off moment. That's a conversation Andy and I had a little while ago, that suddenly Ipswich click and they get it right and they become this unstoppable force. I think, you know, win more than they lose as you go along, I suppose. That, that Fleetwood game could easily have ended in a draw if it hadn't have been that, that last-minute goal. This one could have been a draw against Plymouth and you'd be talking about two points. And instead, they've got three points. So mm. the fact there's goals in them, the fact that they can win games, hopefully recent form shows that they're going to win more than they lose. And we just sometimes, as Paul Cook says, just lick your wounds after these sort of games and, and move on to the next mm. one. So let's see what the reaction's like tomorrow. It's the pains of the past, isn't it? That I that I feel like kind of, kind of frame these as kind of a, in in a negative light sometimes because mm. we've had two seasons of not being able to beat the leaders, uh, the top teams in the division under Paul Lambert. But this was so different to that. Those games under Paul Lambert, I'm sure you remember sitting through them, Stu, Charlton at home, Hull, they, the Ipswich couldn't lay a glove on these teams. They were at arm's length for ninety minutes. Whereas this was anything but that um they they landed punches but just couldn't couldn't give the knockout blow you like that mark that's I that's do, fighting I do. there's um, no stepping so, on throats exactly so it, it, that's 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 very different um and i don't know it's uh and then everything you, you look at it as well like they've got all this ground they've got ground to make up obviously you lose a game that ground gets bigger um that makes the defeats feel at that little bit more painful had they taken the points you'd have expected them to take from the I don't know the four promoted sides, um, the games they lost with at, at, um, at Cheltenham and Accrington and things like that. Then you wouldn't feel any real pangs of negativity coming out of this one at all, would you? Because because it's it is a narrow loss to the leaders. And then you go to Wickham, and just as Stu said, there it could have been two points from two games against Fleetwood and, and Plymouth. You now go to to Wickham. I, I think I'd have taken two points for Ipswich from the Plymouth and the Wickham the Wickham games. Um, going into them, um, you now go to Wickham, and you can win that and have a better return than most people would have would pro- probably have accepted before that you got on the bus. So uh, it's um, 
it's all about framing, isn't it? Um, but like Stu says, it, it's enjoyable to go and watch. Um, and as much as we want results as well, um, that's that's massive. That's why the crowds are still so big at Portman Road. That's why so many fans are going to these away games. It's um, mm. it's enjoyable, thoroughly enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, I think I think we, we sometimes forget that, don't we? Particularly as football fans, that teams are going to lose games, no matter how good they are. Teams do lose games. Losing is part of sport. Uh, and it's the nature of it, isn't it? And how they lose games. Um, and in this case, they've got an opportunity to bounce back again at Wickham tomorrow night and really make another statement. Stu, I'm not sure how many times that sentence has been uttered. I can't wait to go to Wickham. Um, but we just started it there. Hutchie, before we move on from this game, Plymouth League leaders, as I say, not, not lost since opening day. Absolutely bang at the races. What did you make of them as a team? And can you see them being up there come the end of the season still? Yep. Yep, I like them. Um, relentless. Uh, they... They uh, play at a high tempo. They push. They've got quality in areas of the pitch. That they make the three-man backline work quite well. Um, Ipswich did well to break that down at times. I thought the left side's strong. I like the two strikers. Um, they've got some power in the middle of the pitch, and they've got a building, sort of building, sort of fan momentum behind them. That was the biggest crowd Plymouth have had at home park since two thousand and eight. Wow. Um, it's uh, yeah. They're. I can. I think they they will be in the mix at the end of the season. It's going to be an almighty ask for them to stay at the top of the league. I don't think they're going to bulldoze the league from this point by any mm. means. But I think they they will firmly, firmly be in the, that promotion mix at the end of the season, which not many would have had them being in um, back in back in July and August. Didn't one of us? It wasn't me, obviously, but didn't one of us pick Plymouth as a, as a dark horse? Have I made that up, Rossi? Did you say Plymouth? Sure, someone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, 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 Plymouth. I thought um, they've got that when I was speaking to some Plymouth journalists and stuff. And the only problem last year was just their defence. They were so young; they're conceding too many soft goals. They signed James Wilson, and you know he's short out of defence. I think they signed um, Scar from Walsall, um, and they just got some more experienced heads. And Ron Lowe, really good manager, Mm. just got a good overall good squad. So they probably won't be there end of the season but yeah I'm happy my dark horses are doing all right but um, hopefully they won't be above town but you know it is what it is at the moment good shout Rossi on that note before we move on James Wilson obviously formerly of this parish Connor Grant got a goal formerly of this parish on loan Um, what did you make of those two how how did they look Uh, Wilson was James Wilson he was exactly as he was pretty much every week for Ipswich very solid got his job done Connor Grant is a very different player to the one that I remember uh, at Ipswich. I, I I wasn't watching Ipswich every week at that point. I, I was dipping in and out watching them occasionally, but he looked a bit of kind of a one-paced midfielder uh, at that point to me. Uh, didn't play an awful lot, did he? But in this, he's kind of reinvented himself now. He's he he, he plays at a tempo. He's got a really good left foot, and he um he drift drifts around, picks up possession, and and is quite direct when he then gets on the ball. So. Um, yeah, he's a he's a good little player. Super. Right, let's draw a line under Plymouth. They lost, but they have a chance to go again at Wickham tomorrow night. And we'll get down to, to that game shortly. Just a reminder to support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery uh, of all the excellent clobber they've got there. That's the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Um, boys, two of us are parents of young children. So as an aside, were you doing any Halloween-esque business last night, boys? Was there any trick-and-treating going on? 
in your road in your neck of the woods, Siri? We're quite remote where we are, but we'd um our daughter's five and she she wanted to uh she wanted to go out for the first time, so we just had a little knock uh on the neighbours' doors, pre-warned them, and uh yeah, she enjoyed it. What's the uh, what's the going kind of stuff now for for trick and treat? Is it is it gone up since I was uh, trick and treating as a lad? Do you get more? Do you get whole chocolate bars now? That kind of vibe. I don't know. We got uh, lots of lollipops and sweets and stuff like that, but um, we were very firm that she couldn't consume them all and go to bed <laughs> sort of jacked up on sugar last night or before the return to school this morning. So, do you that, dress that, up? That's to come. Do you dress up in the, because obviously Halloween now, as everything seems to be in this country, seems to be getting bigger and bigger in line with America. Lots more dressing up and going out on the streets and stuff. Um, is it a dress up in, in the in the Watson and Warren household occasion, boys? We, no, not really. Um, not Halloween's never been something I've really, really done, I'm afraid. So I've got mm. nothing uh, I've got nothing for you. She has got a T-shirt with some skeleton bones on it. There you go. But, uh, but yeah, no, not really. Not really much of that going on, sorry. Boys, in the spirit of this Halloween chat, do you want to hear some scary stats? See what I've done there. Just, I've just put in Carl Fuller's column, um, and he's Carl's big on his stats, uh, and I thought I'd, I'd note these down because they are worrying slash scary in the theme of Halloween. Um, so in Carl's column, which you can read online at, at midday, uh, that's Monday, and in print tomorrow, he points out that Town have led and then lost the lead in almost 50% of games this season. Um, the 54% boys of the goals that Town have conceded this season have either come within five minutes of Town scoring, be- within a five-minute window before or after half-time, or five minutes before full-time, which is quite a, a stark thing. Uh, and also, obviously, that old stat which keeps rearing its head, Town's record against the top 10, which obviously can be updated now, they've lost to Plymouth. Since 2019, they've played 41 games against sides in the top 10, and they've won six. Um, they've, they've taken 32 points out of a possible 123 um, against sides in the top 10. So that's a, those are some scary stats, boys. Hutchie, give me your, your takeaway from that. Clearly, we know where the problems are at town, don't we? Um, mm-hmm. Shouldn't then be that hard to sort out, should it? I'm not too bothered about the last one of those um, because most of that is is from a past regime. Um mm. So I'm not too bothered. I'm not too bothered about that. We've already seen this weekend that, in terms of they've, they've obviously, I know Plymouth, uh, Portsmouth, sorry, aren't in the top ten um, or, or whatever the top or whatever the, the stat was there, but yeah. they've gone away to a big club and, and and smashed them there. They've they've more than given the leaders a game here in a proper sort of basketball style game. Um, not bothered about that one. Um, but yeah, we know where the problems are: conceding goals at silly times. Paul Cook suggested it's maybe a bit of a, a concentration thing that that he and his staff need to need to sort out with the players. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know how you go about doing that, other than just being very firm with your football players and tell them that once you've scored a goal, yeah. let's um, let's not let's not do anything silly. But um, but yeah, I think it, I, we said that I don't know if it was the last pod or the one before talking about Paul Lambert's team. There were so many problems with that team. It just mm. wasn't a functioning football team. Um, at least on, in this one, you know where those issues are and what and what needs to be what needs to be sorted. Stu, am I being naive there? Um, you've played football at a decent level. Um, once scoring in a, in a has he high profile charity games? I seem to remember. Uh, didn't you play against the lad? What's his name? Um, 
Who did you play against in that game? Who's gone on to, to decent things? Harry so, Pell, we mentioned. That's it, Harry, Harry Pell. Harry Pell, yeah. So you've played at a level, boy. You've played. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> but am I being naive there by saying, uh, clearly we know where Town's issues are. They, they keep conceding goals at stupid times. It, uh, and to my mind... You'd say, well, that's where we need to concentrate turning things around. But is it is it that easy? I mean, you can't clearly just say, well, you need to you need to concentrate harder, boys. Come on, play better football for that five minutes. Um, what do you make of that? I think when things who's some Tommy made that? a funny yeah. little noise there. <laughs> um, I think it becomes psychological sometimes in football if you keep conceding. Narratives happen at every team, and if you keep suddenly conceding goals at set pieces. I think the more it happens, the more it's in people's minds that, you know, hmm. and that's clearly becoming a factor with Ipswich that they're sort of mo- at their most vulnerable at key moments in the game. Game management, I think Paul Cook talks about sort of going to us. We need to have a set that we go to at certain moments in the game and they need to find that set. You know, we, we get the lead, then what do we do? Who, you know, keep the ball. Where do we keep it? In what areas? What You know, that that's the sort of thing. But I look at the results every week in League One at the moment, and I don't know what it is, but there's every week there seems to be these sort of basketball-type scorelines going on. So many 2-2s and 3-3s and 4-3s. It's not just Ipswich this is happening to. I don't know. This is a, a post-COVID phenomenon with the with sort of crowds back, and it's changing the way that teams are approaching football matches. I really I really don't know. Um, you know, um Wickham, sorry, have just had a 3-3 draw at the weekend against um, Fleetwood. And I read that Gareth Ainsworth was talking about that finishing like a basketball match, sort of end-to-end stuff. So, um, yeah, Ipswich have got a few few questions to answer still at the moment. But, you know, before I went away, we were talking that they'd started to answer a few of those. The next big ones are though, the game management in certain moments in the game. Can they get beyond that, that hurdle and change that narrative? And... Yeah, beating the team sort of above them in the league as well. That needs to happen because, as Andy says, that everything is framed by how sort of emotions are framed by past disappointments, aren't they? And I think it's deep, deep, deep cynicism built in everyone that, oh, it's Ipswich and, you know, there's always a disappointment around the corner. There's always a false dawn. So that needs to come from on the pitch at the moment. And they've started to to change everybody. And you can see that from the attendances and the traveling, which to be fair, it's, which have always done, but mm. um, yeah, ho- hopefully they just start to tick off a few more of these, these questions as, as the season goes along. So um, big game tomorrow, but won't, won't be an easy one. Wickham, uh, Wickham like Plymouth are, are flying as well. Mm. Well, let's talk about that then, Stu, being as you give them the segue. Hutchie, if you can have another chance to get a, a statement result against a side that are doing well in the league, Wickham, third place, just drawn three or with Fleetwood at the weekend, as, as Stu says. Um, this game, it's clearly not a must win, but is it a can't really afford to lose game for town? Um, yes and no. It, <laughs> they, 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 of course, they, they can afford to lose it. Well, yeah, they technically they can afford to lose Yeah, I know that. Yeah, but no, of course, after a defeat, you want to you bounce back with something other than a f- defeat, don't you? Um mm. This, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very different game, I think. Um, perhaps a bit more, a bit more physical, um, rather than rather than Plymouth, which is a bit more, I'd say maybe a bit more technical. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how see how they react to that one. It's going 
I think going honestly going into it, I, I would have taken a point from both, which is which is why my million pound picks uh, bet this week was was to go unbeaten in them both. I was thinking two draws, um, but I don't think they necessarily now need to just go to this one and come away with a three nil win or or all is all is lost. I'd, I'd mm. you know I'd actually as much as three points would be very handy. I'd actually quite like to see them go there and kind of grind out a draw and, and get and, and and manage the game really nicely and get through it and um and maybe prove a, prove that they can do that in that mm-hmm. in that sense. Clearly three points would be much, much more useful. But um yeah, there's there's way there's ways of winning games, there's ways of losing games and there's ways of ways of drawing them. And I, I think in an isolated one, yeah, I'd again a draw, I'd be happy with a draw as long as it came in the right way. But three mm. points is huge. They've given themselves they've given themselves work to do, haven't they? So mm. they need at some point they need to do it. Yeah. When I say can't afford, I mean clearly they can afford to lose this game, but I'm I'm talking about narratives again. They've just lost at Plymouth at the league leaders, which we're all saying uh, on the grand in the grand scheme of things is not that worrying of a result given the way they, they lost and the issues they had. But if they go to Wickham now and lose, uh, and then we've got the old top 10 stats starting to rear its head. And then obviously they've got the FA Cup this weekend at Oldham, a competition that another stat here from Carl, if you took the records of all 92 league clubs in the FA Cup uh, and stacked them up over the last 19 games, Ipswich Town would be rock bottom of those 92 clubs. So not high hopes, you would say, for the weekend. And if they go and then don't get a result in the FA Cup off the back of losing at Wickham, losing at Plymouth, then the old narrative winds up again, doesn't it? And we're, we're starting to move back towards negativity. Rossi, how important is it that, that Town stop the bleeding at, at Wickham tomorrow? Very important. Um, like I wasn't getting carried away when we beat Portsmouth and we beat Fleetwood. I was hoping... Mm. Is my internet going a bit weird? A bit slow. We, can still, we, we can still hear you. You can still hear me, okay? Yeah, I think it's, I think we're fine now. Um, anyways, um, yeah, it's very important. Um, you know, Wickham, I've still got nightmares of um, from the game we played against them on Sky because of the five-year Paul Lambert contract. Um, yeah. <laughs> just that was uh, still got we've still got scars from that. Mm. Um, but you know, Wickham has always been that team. It's a little bit of a mini rivalry because of you know the fans and all, talking points going into these games. You know, the the, the nil-nil. Um, was it, you know, at, at Portman Road with the referee's decision, the penalty and all that? Um, that always going to be talked about going into these games. Um, but yeah, Wickham always been a bit of a bogey side, even though we've not lost against them. It's always been a bogey side. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a big game. I'm looking forward to it. Wickham, Wickham's run at home is remarkable. They've played 6-1-6 at Adams Park in the league this season. They won their final two home league games in the championship where they they finished quite strongly but weren't quite able to to stay up. And they've won a trophy game there as well. So it's nine straight home wins in all competitions for them. So that gives you an idea of the, the task that Ipswich are up against. Tomorrow, it's going to be, uh, I think, their biggest home midweek attendance in almost 20 years, they've said, obviously, with an 1,800 away sellout, again, from the magnificent um, Ipswich Travelling support. So we're going to have a good atmosphere under the lights against a team that's doing really well at home. As Andy says, it's a completely different type of game, this one. I think Wickham are more direct. They put the ball on top of you. I think that's something that maybe Ipswich have have struggled against. If you look back earlier in the season, the sort of the Burton, the Cheltenham, the Accrington type away games, they've not 
dealt with that particularly well. So I really hope Janoy is, uh, is mm. back involved again. I think that's that's quite a big one. It sounds like Sam Vokes has kind of he played on the left at, at the weekend, so that would be quite interesting if they're you know if Janoy's not available and they're sticking big diags onto on top of sort of the experienced Sam Vokes out on on that side. So um, very hard to prepare for Wickham as well because I think they've played various different formations. I think they've played four at the back six times and they've played wing backs nine times and Gareth Ainsworth said at the weekend that um, he quite likes the idea that managers are not able to kind of work out what what they're preparing against. So a tricky, tricky game this one. But Ipswich have got goals in them so you can never you can never rule Ipswich out. Um, they go to they go to Portsmouth and win four nil. So you'd never know what's what's going to happen with Ipswich at the moment, and I, I quite like that. Someone's been doing their research this morning, Stu. You, you've got bang on it since getting back, doing all your, your reading up on Wickham. Fantastic stuff, excellent stats. Um, Hutchie, what would you do with the side? I, I know we don't know injury wise what's happening, um, and whether or not Danassian and Burns are going to be back. Clearly, if they're fit and well, they'll be starting. You'd imagine on the right right hand side. What other tinkering, if any, would you do? Um, I think, <clears throat> I think, yeah, uh, the Danassian is, is is supremely important. Didn't Sam Vokes play what like left of midfield essentially at the weekend? So that that could be that could be a really big big battle. They need that one because as much as Luke Wolfenden has his defensive qualities, he's not an aerial dominator particularly. Um, I'll, I'll, if the right if that right side's available, I'd restore it. I'd have Burn, Burns and. Um, Burns and Danassian in there at a shot. And then I think it's still back to the same question again, the, the, that left wing position. Um, for me, Edwards hasn't done enough to nail it. I don't know how long you can ignore Selena for a start. Um, and I also, I, I don't know how many other options you've really got there. Um, in terms of if you're trying to sh- deal with physicality, you, could you look at Coulson playing on the left? I'm not sure he's up for another start in in three days so I think um, I think he may well name the side that he hoped to name at Plymouth but with potentially Selena on, on the left instead of um, instead of Edwards that would be that would be my guess hmm. How are we feeling about Evans and Morsey as they kind of nailed on starting midfielders in in that deep two in the, in the two in the four two three one? Stuart are you quite happy with it how they've been performing Yeah I haven't obviously seen the last couple of games but I felt hmm. like they were starting to um, find their feet as, as a pair. Um, hopefully, there's there's more to come from them. But Evans has scored a hat trick against Doncaster. He was, I thought, he was arguably their best player, or certainly one of their best players at Portsmouth in in that away display as well. I think he's quite crucial to to switching the play, um, which is which is massive for sort of Paul Cook. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously, there's not it's not like Tom Carroll's fit at the moment, sort of knocking on the door. There's, um, I think Idris has, has done well in the games that he's come in for, but probably not well enough to be sort of putting any serious pressure on, on those two at, at the moment. Nolan's obviously still injured, so I don't think there's a massive alternative there at the moment. No, I don't think there's a question there either. Even if there was an alternative, I think that's um, that's absolute, absolutely fine. That doesn't need, doesn't need playing with that area. Uh, yeah, I mean, there might be. It'd be nice to have Carroll as an option because I think that you know we talked about game management um, and sometimes just just keeping the ball and taking the sting out of games. And I think Carroll provides a different option there, someone who can just comfortably receive the ball off the defence, and you know he's not going to give it away. And 
sometimes that just you might be that sort of calm head that's required in certain moments in games. So um, you kind of forget that he's he's one of the ones that's not available and was just starting to do quite well before he was injured. But yeah, there's, there's not really any viable options there at the, at the moment beyond those two. Is Rakeem the dream definitely not even in consideration for that slot anymore, Hutchie? Is he is he now very much? I think he's in. Consi- I think he's in consideration for it, but I don't think he's done anywhere near enough to be, um, to be pushing either of them out. Um, he came on at the weekend for Evans and was a bit more forward thinking. That was, I think, that was probably the the thinking with that one to um, just and it, and it it proved he got through on goal and, and really should have equalised. But um, no, I don't. How did Chaplin play, Andy, at the weekend? Very, very quiet. Well, here's another viable option for you. You mentioned um, Rakeem Harper. Just as a a, a tough away game that's going to be physical, could you put Harper in as the the 10 inverted commas and it's almost more of a midfield three? And then you could almost put Chaplin out wide left if you you wanted to as well. Who's, yeah. who's played there b- before, or you know that that's an, another option that's maybe a bit more of a, a pragmatic option for the, yeah. this sort of game. Yeah, I could see, I could see that potentially. I, I don't see any route for Harper at the moment into a midfield too. But Chaplin was really quiet um, when yeah. he did get on the ball. He, he, his touch was good. He, he took up good positions and and used it well enough. But um, he was really quiet in this one. So um, I'd have you'd have to have him in the team though, Stu, wouldn't you? He's had one off game that was on that was on form prior to that. You'd have to have him in the team. So if if you did bring in Harper, I think your scenario there of, of switching him to to one of the wide positions would probably have to have to happen because you're you're going to want you're going to want that boy in the team at the moment. I'd like to see Raheem at the ten. It'd be interesting. Okay then, boys. So Wickham it is tomorrow night. Hutchie, we already know that your million-pound picks from last week is dead in the water. They lost at Plymouth. That's not what you wanted. You went double chance, and you've come away with no chance from that. Are you going to spunk some more cash, try and get back in the in the win column against Wickham? What are you saying? Well, I was thinking I probably wouldn't, but I might. I might just get a little bit of spare change out, um, just a spare 20K, and... Uh, what is that noise? Ross, is, is that, that you is that tapping you? your leg? It's me. Oh, sorry. Just, yeah. just, that was just me on the mouth. Sorry. It's like a little rumble. Like, so, um, I'm going to put some money. I'm going to take a little 20K out of the kitty. And I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go Maverick. I'm going to. Uh, the price is three to one. And I think Joe Piggott might score a goal in this game. Just score a goal at any time at three to one, £20,000. Just because. Off Why the not? bench, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine so. Off the bench, just um, yeah. So yeah, just a little, just a little one, just to, just to have some uh, some some chips on the table. Some some uh, some fun cash involved in this yeah. game. Um, right then, shall we do? Shall we do predictions? Wickham away tomorrow night. We're going to come to you first of all, Hutchie, because you've told us Joe Pickett's going to score. So, what do you reckon for this one? I think it's going to be a draw, um, and I think Piggott's going to score an equaliser for for two two. The classic classic Ipswich oh. two two. Desmond's Ross is yeah. back on his mouse. That wasn't me. <laughs> that wasn't me. Stewie, what are you saying? Hutchie's going two two. Uh, I think they might lose two one, Mark. Oh, that's totally underwhelming. Mm. 
Sorry. Somewhat deflating. Um, okay, so you're saying 2-1 defeat. So back-to-back defeats, says Stewie. Um, Rossi, what are you saying? Come on, the boys. 3-2 win. Loads of goals. Uh, late winner. Let's do it. Late winner, 3-2. That's the kind of thing we like on this show. Um, I'm going to say a draw, I think. I think a draw would be a decent result. I'm going to say 1-1 just to mix it up. Um, boys, can we also reflect before we uh, we take our leave today, a couple of other reasons to be positive. Armando Dobra scored an absolute belter at the weekend. And you know where I'm going next, don't you, boys? You know where I'm going next. A Drizzy. <laughs> Drisnaldo. Can't think of any other nicknames I used to call him. But anyway, he he got hat-trick and two assists. Drizzy Rascal. Drizzy Rascal, that's it, yeah. Um, Hat-trick and two assists at the weekend, boys. He is absolutely on fuego. His shorts are on fire at Leighton Orient. McCauley Bon is useless now. He hasn't scored for two games. Where (laughs) is Drynan? Let's get the boy back. Yes, let's invest some cash. He He can do the business. He's proving it in League Two. League One is a short step up for the boy Drynan. Bring him back. What are you saying, Hutchie? Good goals as well. A couple, a couple of them in particular are, mate. were really, really yeah. nice goals. The first one was nice, and then there was another one where he kind of was it a goalkeeper bad ball out from the goalkeeper or something, and he kind of took a really nice touch and, and curled it in. Yeah, it's going all right. It's going all right for him. I'm amazed you didn't open the show with it. Um, and we, we, waited, we waited till 50 minutes in to to get to it. But yeah, he did. Uh, he certainly had a very, very good weekend, didn't he? Have you been down there yet? Not been down there yet, but obviously I've got my my Leighton Orient shirt with uh, with Drynan on the back. Um, he's got to be the front runner for Ballon d'Or, wouldn't you say, boys? This year, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Another. Can I give was... mention to some others as well? Tyree Simpson. I was just about to say Tyree. Sorry, sorry, sorry yeah. I've stolen that. Yeah, he scored yeah. a brace against at Oldham at the weekend, so he's on six for the season now at Swindon. So, um, be interesting to see what. You know how the rest of his season goes and whether he can come back into the plans. But um thought I'd give him a mention. I think Thomas Holy had quite a good debut for Cambridge by all accounts. Pulled off one particularly good eye-catching save from, from what I've seen. So mention for those two as well. There you go. And we should also mention in terms of dotting the uh, the T's and uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's on the competition for the Chambers and Skews Bowl a week tomorrow, boys. The big game of the season. Kings of Ireland. Kings of Anglia, big giveaway for that game. Um, competition winners were announced on Friday, they found out. Lynette Doman and Gavin Turner both won a pair of tickets to the game. They were ecstatic, as you may imagine, um, and have both promised that they'll share some pictures of them enjoying the Chambers Bowl on the night. Of course, Luke Chambers will be at Sudbury on Friday night, boys, and that'll be interesting to watch, won't it? So from, from a big FA Cup clash at Sudbury, live on the TV, BBC Two, I think it is, Friday night, to the pizza platter at Portman Road on Tuesday night in front of many members of the KOA Army. Huge, huge game, that. Biggest game of the season so far, I reckon. Um, boys, any other business before we take our leave and get on to writing about Wickham? No other business for me. Uh, no other business for me. I just want to mention, of course, the Town women team. They beat Plymouth. Of mm. So they um they they five beat, win. Yeah, they didn't yeah. just beat Plymouth, they destroyed them. Um as is their their want. I mean, they again, they're just cutting like a knife through butter through this league, aren't they, Hutchie? Um, Hutchie, Rossi? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, echo echo Andy's thoughts there. Um yeah. Yeah, what is it? Is it they're just too good for this Because it's really only Southampton, isn't it, that are any any yeah. cop in this league in this league, it appears. 
I think once again, it's not being arrogant, it's not being cocky. I think the team is just is just too good. Um, and they've, you know, they were in the league below for too long. You know, we had the COVID situation, so they had to have a season in that league. But um, it was, you know, it was good experience for the players because they're playing in a, a football league stadium, playing at home park, which is great for them. Um, yeah, and I also want to give a big shout out to Liam, Liam from Crew, who was my driver on Friday and Sunday. So big up Liam, he'll be listening. Um, good driver, well played, my friend. <laughs> When are you going to When are you going to dispense with the need for a driver and get yourself a grand pay rise, Ross, just by passing your driving test? It's, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. Hopefully, but I've got I've got to pass it first time. If I don't, then second time, third time, fourth time. We'll, we'll see how long it takes me. That is the way it works. It goes first, second, third, fourth yeah. time. Yeah. Are you yeah. confident? Is it Is it Is it penciled in yet? Yeah, it's penciled in for this month. So hopefully, fingers crossed. But we'll wait and see. Oh, yeah. It's going to be live streamed. We should. I'm just thinking. Test. We should live stream it. You, you boys yeah. can go and tweet about it. <laughs> Driving yeah. test live. Oh. Can we? Can we sit in the back seat? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, think something. I think that'll add more pressure. I think, but you know, it might bring the see, best out of you. I want Possibly. to see a verdict, a post-driving test verdict from you boys. We'll record camera. a pod like, in the back <laughs> while you're doing it. That that would be fine, won't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think this truck will be okay with it. Oh no, he's hit a curb. He's failed. Oh no. Yeah. Did we? Um, did we? Did we all pass first time driving test, boys? Just to heat pressure on Rossi. No. No. Second, okay. I my first was I failed quite miserably on my first attempt. You didn't clip a pedestrian, did you? <laughs> Uh, no, but I think um, I, I made some. But I think I maybe had two or three majors. I knew I knew it had gone early doors, and then yeah, head head's gone. It yeah, was second that's, half collapse. Yeah, that is the worst. I had, I think I failed coming out of the test center on, on, <laughs> what? What on, on a, just didn't leave enough room to. I, oh, I pulled out yeah. into uh, into not enough room. Rossi, what um what are the because obviously on, on the test back in the day when I did it, which is in black and white, um when I did it, it was that long ago now, um the, the things you had to do were, were two of three. There was the emergency stop, there was the parallel park, and there was reversing around the corner. Um, as far as don't I remember. Think, don't you think you have to do the last one now? You no longer have to reverse around a corner. No, I don't think so. Surely you should still be you should still be doing that. Yeah, I think you do it just as a lesson. But I don't. Think it's, I think it's just random on the test. I think they just they pick whatever you want to do. What do you excel um, at, Ross? Are you good at parallel parking? Because I've got to be honest, I've been a driver for uh, more than twenty years, and I still can't parallel park. Save my life. I'm not too bad. You know, Whitby, who's a big town fan, he's my driving instructor. I think I'm okay. I think just general driving, I'm fine. I think, yeah. I don't think I sell anything. <laughs> I think I'm just fine. At everything. You struggle in front driving. of goal. When it yeah, gets yeah, to the big moments, to the big moments in both boxes. Yeah. Uh... If I if I have a moment where I panic, that's when I, I it takes me ten minutes to go over it, and I have to uh, just have a nice little just slow drive, and then yeah, we then boom back in back in full throttle. Um, Don't and go, go on full throttle. No, 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 not that. Haven't you got to know now about the engine and things like that as well? Because again, yeah, apparently, day, yeah, apparently, you pre- have to, yeah. Pre-game back in my day, all you had to do was read a, a registration number from across the street. Uh, but now, as, as I understand, it, you've got to point out what's what in the engine, haven't you? Yeah, apparently. So I'm, I'm going to fail that then. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just see that the, the, the instructor <laughs> just asking, what, "What's this?" And Ross going, "The engine." There you go. What more, what more do you want? I know where it yeah. is. Yeah. I'll tell you where the, uh, the steering wheel is in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right then, boys. What a big month in store. Town at Wickham tomorrow. The Luke Chambers Cole Skews Bowl coming up 
a week on Tuesday. And biggest of all, Ross Hall's tackles the driving test at some point this month. And obviously we'll let you know what happens there. Um, thanks for listening today. Remember to support our sponsors. That's uh, manscaped.com. Use the code COA for 20% off and free delivery at manscaped.com. Also follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Stu's put his hand up. Do you need the toilet? No, before we go, can I just say, uh, give all our very best wishes to Kieran Dyer. And uh, from everyone here at KOA, just to say, uh, get well soon. Obviously, the news, uh, he's going to be needing a liver transplant, which I think uh, shocked us all. So, um, yeah, I think from from all of us and all the town fans out there, wishing wishing him the, uh, the very best going forwards with that. 100%. Uh, on that note then, boys. That brings us up to our have a great start to the week. Fingers crossed town get the result tomorrow night and we'll be back to break it all down on Thursday. From true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.